I want you to think for a moment about the, about the friends that you've had in your life that's been helpful, uh, that's been a blessing to you, uh, that's encouraged you in the walk with the Lord. And, 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 and uh, we all have people like that in our lives that encourage us and, and want us to move and go with them. Uh, we've looked at Paul and Paul's friends. We didn't look at all of them, but we looked at some of Paul's friends and how he was thankful for them. And they were a positive influence in the, his life. And I believe we've got some friends that can be a positive influence in our life. Yeah. I like to be somebody like that. I, like uh, I, I can be an encourager to those that are in the way to help them to stay fast in the gospel. Help them in their Christian walk along the way. We all need friends like that, amen? We need the, the positive friends in our life. But also, if you've got positive friends, you're going to have some negative friends in your life. That will come into your life. And Paul had persecutors. If you think that you're going to go through this Christian walk without somebody coming up against you and persecuting you, then you're sadly mistaken. You say, well, I've had nobody persecute me. Maybe you ought to start living for God and you'll get persecuted. The Bible says we wrestle not against uh, uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness in the world. But I find that the devil sometimes get in the flesh. He gets into the blood at times. The devil will use the flesh and blood to come up against you, to oppose you, trying to discourage you. I found this out that the devil will use someone to discourage you and when they were not really trying to discourage you. They might have said something uh, and the devil twisted it in your mind and you took offense at it that it was never meant to be that way. The devil put in your mind and your heart that they said something about you. And it really discouraged you from living for God. Paul knew about these things. Paul knew that there were people that were going to come into his life and be a discourager. I'm looking at problem people that are coming. The problem people are coming in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 15. It says, Thus now that this thou knowest that all they are which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom Phagellus and Hermandes. Uh, verse number, chapter number two, uh, uh, look at verse number 16. Paul said, uh, uh, he, he said, All those in Asia have turned against me, but Paul picks out these two guys. In chapter two, verse 16, uh, uh, but shun pervain. Uh, but shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their words will eat as doeth a cankerwort, of whom Hymaeus and Philetus. Chapter 3, verse number 8. Now Janus and Jambres withstood Moses to do these also, resist the truth of the corrupt minds reprobating concerning the faith. Chapter 4, verse number 10. Demas had forsaken me, having loved this present world, 
and is departed to Thessalonica. Verse number 14 in chapter 4, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, and the Lord reward him according to his works, of whom thou were also, for he have greatly withstood our words. This is the last chapter that Paul writes. This is the last thing that Paul writes in his life. And if you notice in every one of these chapters, Paul names two people. There are eight people that Paul calls out, points out to them, says, hey, they're a problem. They're persecutors. There are problems in my life. It's no wonder why Paul said in, in chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, all that will live godly for Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're going to live for God, this kind of stuff is going to come into your life. It's going to happen to you. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it weird. Don't let it get you out of church. Stop praying. Stop reading your Bible. Don't let it get you off your knees. Don't let it get you quit doing the things of God. But here, I'm not talking about getting locked up for something you didn't do. That's not persecution. That's just a bad choice. We all made bad choices in life. We think it's persecution. No, that's not persecution. What I'm talking about. Well, I've talked to people and says, why don't you go to church? Well, I left that church down there because of so-and-so said something about me. Got me upset. Or, or they said, the preacher was always preaching against me. Well, it wasn't the preacher preaching against you. The preacher was preaching against the sin that you may have been living in. But that's the reason I've, I've talked to people over and over and over, and that seems to be the number one reason why people quit going to church. And I'm talking about people that were uh, living right, acting right, serving God, and doing great things for God. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes against you, and they knock your legs right out and under you. We've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over. We've seen it here. People come in. I have people come into church and say, Hey, preacher, it's the best church I've been into. I, I love it here. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'm here forever and ever. I'm just going to, whatever you need me to do. I just say, Why don't you just be faithful for a while? You don't see them no more. They're gone. They don't want to be faithful no more. I've seen it over and over. In all the years I've been in the church, I've seen people get upset. I've seen a church in Florida got upset about the color of books. Some wanted blue books. Some of them wanted red books. I've seen them get upset about the carpet color. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? We're, we're fighting an enemy out there that is real. We're in this war. Paul always uh, uh, said something about warfare or, or, or being in a, a soldier. He's always talking about that. Can I say this? If you're here in the church because of somebody else, it will not take much to kick you kicked out of the church. Yes, sir. 
it will not take much to get you. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here because I'm here, then you're here for the wrong reasons. A, 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 a lot of relationship with God is not a real relationship because they're here because mom and daddy told me I had to be here. Why well, go there because so-and-so goes there? And, and the first thing that comes up against you, you're, you're tripping out, you're gone. Let me give you a little bit of wisdom to chew on this. Now I'm going, sir, don't, don't, don't get so down on me. Don't ever let a hit, listen to me. Get, get this in your heart. Do not ever let a hypocrite become between you and God because if you do that, they're closer to God than you are. Amen. If you let a hypocrite come between you and God, that means they're closer to God than you are. And I've seen it happen. I've, seen, I've had people say, I don't go to that church because of all the hypocrites. Poor At times, we all are hypocrites. And just letting you know, we're all hypocrites at times. Don't let a hypocrite come between you and God. Is your relationship with the Lord through somebody else? And I pray your relationship is with the Lord, not through somebody else. You should have enough spiritual maturity to live for God on your own. Regardless of anybody, regardless what somebody does, regardless what somebody says, you should have enough spiritual maturity in your life that says, I'm going to keep going no matter what. I know what I'm talking about because I almost got out of church myself. I almost did. But I, I, I find out that it's saying, you know, I'm just going to stay with God regardless what people do, what people say. I'm just going to stay with God. And, and the more you look at people, the more you'll find there'll be a discouragement to you. So I want to look at these four chapters here to try to give you some help because these people are going to come into your life at one time or another. And, and can I say this before I start? Most of the time, these people are not going to come from the outside. They're going to come from the inside. They're going to come from the inside. The first thing I see, they're analyzing these people. Paul gives us some details about all these people that he wrote in chapter 1, verse 15. He said, uh, uh, Thou knowest that all the Asians against me. And then he names these two guys. You would call these people the departures. He said, everybody in Asia turned against me from me. So why did they just, why did he just point out Philogelus and Hermones? Why did, why did he pick those two people out? I, I don't know. I have no answer. But maybe these two guys came to Paul and said, hey, Paul, we really love your preaching. We really like what's going on with you. We're going to stick with you. We're not going to back up on you. We're not going to give up on you. We're going to stay with you to the bitter end. Paul said, oh, thank you. I really need somebody like that in my life. We all need somebody like that in our life. They said, hey, Paul, we're, we're going to be with you all the way. We're not giving up. We're not going to back out. We, no matter what comes our way. And then all of a sudden, some ripple comes into the life. And they say, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. 
There have been a lot of times people walk into church here and say, hey, I'm going to be here. And then they're out. Listen to me. In this life, this is what you're going to have. You're going to have people that will depart out of your life. You'll never thought they would ever. You thought they would be with you to the very end. If you live long enough, and I'm not just talking about church, I'm talking about even out in the world. If you live long enough, you'll find this out. There have been some people that said, I will always be by your side. You can always count on me. Maybe a family member. Maybe a friend or a church member. And you thought that they were going to stick with you to the very end. They're going to be there every time you needed help. They were going to be there. Then when something happens, they're nowhere to be found. They're gone. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let it keep you from living for God, walking with God in this Christian life. Don't let those people get you discouraged. They're departers. They, they depart. We find that there are people like that. Then we find the defilers in chapter 2, verse 16. But shun vain and vain babbling. For they will increase unto more and godless, and their words will eat as doeth a canker word. That, that word means it's like a cancer, eats a cancer. Cancer starts on the inside. Nobody knows they got it until it starts to show itself on the outside. And their words will eat as doeth a canker, in whom Hamas and Philadius. In verse 18, he tells you what they were saying. They were telling everyone that the resurrection has passed already. They were overthrowing the faith of some. I found this out about cancer. I've seen it in my family. I've had family members to pass away from it. I've got a friend right now that has cancer in hospice, and I have seen this with cancer. It's not a pretty sight. Not a pretty sight. It eats away. It starts on the inside and eats inside and eats and eats and just keeps it. You never know you got a problem until all of a sudden it pops out on the outside. Paul says that is a danger to the body of Christ when you got somebody inside the church is always saying something against what the word has been said or what God has been said. You've got the problem in the church. That's not good for the church. It's a danger for the people that are in the body of Christ. To start using cancer words. They'll start eating at you. Inside till it eats outside. Can I say this? God is moving around here. God is starting to do things around here. We're starting to see people come to church. We start people seeing people get joy in their hearts. We start seeing people get right. We see the bus ministry going great and everything. It don't take much for somebody to say something. And the devil will whisper in their ears, hey, you know they don't care about you. Y'all know I love to sing. Y'all know I can just bell out a tune, just, just keep going. But I know I can't sing. But the devil every now and then will get in my ear and says, you know what? You should be able to sing too. 
And I thought, well, mate, why, why, shouldn't I, why shouldn't I be able to get up and sing? Why shouldn't I? The devil said, they don't like your singing. They have to lock the doors to keep people from going around. We're going to have a special singer here in a little bit. You know, the devil will get into your ear and start putting those cancerous words inside of your mind and, and, and nobody said anything. Uh, nobody's hinted that thing but because I didn't get to do this and the devil says, hey, they don't care about you. Every time God goes to moving in a church, get this, write it down, put it in your heart. Every time God gets to moving in a church, the devil will get to moving in the church. And if you don't think the devil's in here, you're sadly mistaken. He very well might be sitting next to you right now. Amen. We see the defilers. They try to tear down everything that God's trying to do. Using those little words. And you say, really, this stuff really happens? Yeah, it really happens. It really happens. You need to understand this. Don't let it discourage you. It's going to happen. And where you get hurt the most at is always going to be in the church. We, we, we see those that are the departers, they leave, they don't want to hang around no more. We see the defilers, they try to tear things of God up, they try to bring it down. But we see the deceptors and deceivers in chapter 3. Now as Janus and, Janus and Jamus withstood Moses, so also these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Janus and Jamus are the names given to the sorcerers and musicians in Exodus chapter 7 uh, that belonged to Pharaoh. Y'all remember the story? Uh, Moses got the rod. And he goes in there and he says, God tells Moses to cast a rod down and it turns into a serpent. And Pharaoh calls Janus and Jamus there and says, they do the exact same thing. They cast their rod down and it turns into a serpent. He goes over there and God says, uh, going to turn the water into uh, blood, water into blood. And they turn the water into blood. And sure enough, Janus and Jamus come in and do the exact same thing. They're copying what God is doing. They turn water, the blood, water into blood. Then, then they said, bring the frogs out, bring the frogs out. And they called for the frogs. And sure enough, Pharaoh's two guys came out and brought the frogs out. The first thing that they could not reproduce, listen to me, the first thing they could not reproduce was found in Exodus chapter 8 when God took sand and made it into lice. They could not reproduce that. Why could I not do that? Because God is the only one who can take nothing and turn it into something. <laughs> they couldn't reproduce that. They couldn't take the sand and make it into life. God is the only one who can take nothing. In Genesis chapter 38, man, out of the dirt, God is the only one that can take nothing and make something out of it. Amen. There were the deceivers and the deceptors, they, they, they have the same signs. You see the, oh Lord, thank you. We, we see the churches today, 
They got the same signs. Some of them got the same music. It, it looks the same, but it's deceiving. They don't have the power of it. In fact, he says they deny the power of God. They don't have the power of God. They're deceiving. Letting everybody know this is your best day yet. Every day's a Friday. Well, you ought to be the head. You ought to be rich. You ought to have all the money. In that case, I'm serving the wrong one. I'm broke. I am broke. But we got these churches that give the resemblance of church and God, but they denying denying God inside of it. But they have not the power of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof for such turn away. They talk the same way you do. They act the same way you do. They have a form of it. But it's not what you've got. You've got the real thing. We are the living church. We're the ones that claim Jesus. But when you watch what they got, they don't claim Jesus. They don't call on Jesus. They don't have the Spirit of God. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have anything. It looks the same. Janice and Jameis. Looks the same, but it's not the same. You're going to see people all around in this world, in this church world, that have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You're going to see churches in this world that proclaim Jesus and they promote Jesus, but they're not God. We see the defectors, deceptors. We also see the defectors in chapter 4. For Demas have forsaken me, having loved in the present world. He, he, he's a saved man here that defects back to the world. Paul said in Philemon 24 that this man was a fellow laborer. He is a fellow laborer with me. That, that's how good he was. That's how close he was to Paul. He was hearing the preaching. He was seeing the witness. He seen the things of God going on. This man seen it all. Paul is saying Demas is a saved man. That one day that he's decided it was better off in the world than it was with Paul. I'm out of here. Paul, I'm out of here. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this play out in church. They've been in the ministry. They've done great things. And it seems like uh, God is using them and moving and do great things. Uh, and it seems like uh, they're on the right track. And all of a sudden, they check out and go back to the world. They have tasted the good things of God. They've seen the power of God. They've seen that. And then they said, I don't want this. Some persecution coming into their life. And they walk away from God. They got offended and walked away from God. I don't know, but I've watched a pile of people that the lure of this world 
pulled them from the church and off the pews and went back to the world. I will say this about Demas. I, I can't say much good about him, but I will say this about Demas. He knew that he could not be in the world and be with Paul. He knew he could not do that. He, Demas says, I've got to make a choice. I can't be in the world and I can't be with Paul at the same time. Back in that day, they had to make a choice. You're either in or you're out. He says, I, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm out of here. Today, we let them take both. We let them bring the world in and set it in church and say, hey, Y'all can have both in this church. You can say, I, I love this in the world. Well, bring it on in. We'll do that. You know, we're living in a day where we don't put standards and say, hey, that's not allowed in a church. You can't do that in a church. You've got to make a decision right now. You either love the world or love God. That's the old saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't. You're going to make a choice. The problem is we don't lie, we don't, we're not making people make a choice. You're saying, hey, both worlds come together and, and so everything's all right. We're trying to mesh the world. You say, well, I'm trying to save the world. But when you got the world, when the church starts looking like the world, the world has saved you from God. You're no longer part of God, part of God. And we've got churches. I, I, I'm not going to knock churches, but you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. I might try this one day. I don't know. I'm gonna get, I might get, get up enough guts to try it, enough umption to try it. I'm just going to come in here in a T-shirt and my blue jeans, and I'm going to preach. Y'all going to sing for 40 minutes, and I'm going to preach for 10, and we're going home. Would that satisfy the hunger in your life? I don't understand it. I, I, I can't do that. I, I, I used to preach without a jacket on. I used to not have a jacket on. But God convicted me one day about that. And now I don't care how hot I get or how what it get, bad it gets. I've got to have a jacket on. Now you will never see me take a jacket off in the pulpit unless somebody comes up and hit me here and pulls it off me. You'll never see that. That, that's my conviction. But the thing of it is, we're trying to let the world come in us and dictate the church how the church should act, how the church should look. We got it all over. We, these people are coming. I'm, I'm just trying to help you. These people are coming. They're heading your way. You say, well, I've never had that problem before. Yeah, hold on, they're coming. I've seen an awful lot of stuff go on in churches. I've seen fights. I, 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 I've seen preachers run off with song leaders. That'll never happen here. <laughs> I, I, I've seen things go on in church that should not go on in church. Should not. And the only reason why it does go on in the church because we allow the world to come in and take camp and take root in it. And just like cancer, if you let it come in and take root of it, it it's going to eat at you and eat at you. Next thing you know, you've got no form of godliness in the church. 
Amen. But I'm not going to walk away from church. I've seen a lot more good stuff in the church than I have bad stuff. This is where I learned about God. This is where I learned about the scriptures. This is where I feel close to God. This, this is where God said this is where you need to be at. I love the church. My attitude will never change about the church. I will fight you over the church. You couldn't run me off with a stick if you had to. You say, what about all that stuff that's gone in your life, all those things that's come against you? That crowd out there trying to tear you down. Trying to tear the church down. What about the deceivers? What about the, uh, the defectors? Yeah, they're out there. But that ain't got nothing to do with how good God is. God is still good. I don't want to leave you like that saying, hey, these people are going to come into your life and they are going to come into your life. I don't know if anybody here has ever ran into one of those before, but I've run into them, and I know I'm going to run into them good. I know they're coming, but I don't, I don't want to leave you on that downside. Let me give you something out of this, what I found. I, I found that every time I read those about the two in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, where Paul said these guys, uh, they, they cause problems. These guys cause persecution in my life. I, I find that God gives something. He gives assistance to Paul. Every time he shows one of those problems, immediately, immediately after Paul t tells us that, God shows how he gave him assistance. Every time God will make sure he will send something or somebody your way to help you out. Chapter 1, he talks about the, uh, the two that departed. But in chapter 1, verse 16, he said, God sent him Onesis, Onesphorus. He said, I'm sending someone to you to encourage you. I know there's some problems coming your way, but I'm going to send somebody to help you out. Chapter 2, Hymenaeus and Philip, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this still, he said, God knows that I am here tonight. God knows where I'm at tonight. Chapter 3, he mentions Janus and Jamus. Verse 11, persecutors, affliction which come unto me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, that persecutors, I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me out of all that. Chapter 4, he tells us about Demas and Alexander the coppersmith. Notwithstanding, the Lord should do with me. Strengthen me that by me, by me the preaching might fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Verse 18, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom the glory forever and ever. Paul is telling us this time, there's been conflict in my life. There's been persecutors in my life. There's been problems in my life. 
But with constant affliction, constant problems, there's constant assurance that God will send you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter who comes your way. God is sending somebody by your way to give you some words of encouragement or the scriptures to lift you up. Amen. When God allows the problems to come into your life, God is going to also give you some assistance in that problem. Have you found that out? Have you seen that in your life? Preacher, where is my assistant in my life? Have you not felt assistance today from the Lord? <laughs> the songs that we've heard, you tell me you haven't been assisted by that. Hadn't done something in your soul. What is that? That is God finding His assistance in your daily Bible reading, in your prayer. I have never came to this book, listen to me, I never came to this book with a problem, with something in my life that God didn't show me the answer and provide assistance to me. Sadly, so many times, we're we're not looking for God's assistance. We're looking for a pity party. Oh, woe is me. Y'all know what they said about me. Y'all know what they've done about that. You see how they treated me. We're, we're, look, uh, we're, we're, we're looking for a pity party. And, and not only when we get on our pity party ourselves, we want to invite everybody in to help us. We don't want God to assist us, to get over it, get past it, beyond it. We want to tell somebody how we've been talked to, felt, and dealt with. Instead of saying, God, assist me, get me through this, get me over this. I'm not, I don't want to get mad, I don't want to get bitter. I just want to get beyond this. You don't think these people ain't coming in your life. You're sadly mistaken. They are coming in your life. They, they were in Paul's life, one of the greatest Christians there were. They were in Paul's life. They will be in your life too. It's not the question... If they come, is question when they come. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to act about it? I, I find a lot of people will say, I, I'm not getting out of church. I'm going to stay in the church. I, I love the Lord. I like what's going on. But something come along, they're gone. And, I, and I'm trying to tell you that these things are going to happen in your life. These people are going to come into your life. Especially young people, they're going to come into your life over and over. They're going to keep trying to trip you up, trying to trip you up. But I'm telling you, if you stay true to God, God is going to give you assistance to get over that, to get through it and get around it. So when it does come to your life, what are you going to do? Just go out and get mad about it? Or be like Paul, in spite of it all, nevertheless, 
The Lord stood with me. He is my strength. He's helping me. He's carrying me. The truth will help you to live for God. For as long time because I've been telling you of this one thing that knocks people out of church, the number one thing that knocks people out of church is people. Stop building your Christian walk on what people do and people act. We, we got to minister to people. That's what the church is for. We got to help people. That's what the church is for. We got to pray for people. We got to witness to people. That's what the church is for. But you need to build your life on the word of God and Jesus Christ. Because these people are coming to your life. And I want to give you encouragement this morning, this evening to say, hey, they are coming. I know they're coming, but I'm not going to let them knock me out. I'm not going to let them knock me off my knees. I'm not going to let them knock me out of my Bible. And I'm, yep. and I'm for sure not going to let them knock me out of my church. Amen. They can stay here as long as they want to. Sooner or later, they'll give up and go away. I ain't going. I'm going to stay. I've made my mind up. I'm going to fight with the Lord. If I have to fight the world, so be it. So be it. Make your mind up. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to walk with? Is it going to be the Lord or are you going to walk with the world? Amen.